1: Hello and welcome to Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks. I'm Mike. And I'm Dusty. If you're joining us for the first time, Trail Mix is the short format episodes of our show. While our long-format episodes explore one hiking trail in one national park, one park at a time, Trail Mix allows us to dive deeper into things we didn't get to cover in our long-format episodes, including interviews, history, science, and environmental justice. That's right. And this Trail Mix episode is all about campfires and their dangers. So what do you
0: think could be dangerous about a managed campfire?
1: Well, I mean, fire, it can always perhaps be dangerous Mm -hmm. though it's one of those things fire is necessary for things like warmth and cooking and food and all of those things sure it's a necessary element but i mean there's also a lot of dangers with water you know what i mean like it it's i don't want to necessarily say like fire is always dangerous it's just a matter of like knowing how to manage it but i think that campfires specifically can be dangerous when it comes to if we're lighting a campfire in an area that's very dry mm-hmm. and very like susceptible to forest fire Mm -hmm. that could very easily get out of hand very quickly sure i mean let's take a look at any gender reveal party right right yeah truth be told this episode is very much a learning episode for us as well especially as new recommendations regarding campfires have emerged in the last several years for both safety and climate change reasons
0: And this episode might ruffle a few feathers, especially for those who camp as campfires often go hand in hand with overnight adventures in the outdoors.
1: That being said, there are some serious things to consider before lighting a fire outside. A good place to start when it comes to recreating outdoors is the seven Leave No Trace principles. We've talked about these principles before on our show. In fact, there is a whole trail mix episode related to them from season
0: Principle 5 of the 7 Leave No Trace Principles is all about minimizing campfire impact. Like the other principles, this one is based in practicality and care for the outdoors. While campfires were once a source for cooking, food, and warmth, technology has improved in many ways that minimize the need for campfire. However,
1: for many, it's hard to divorce the act of camping from a roaring fire at night. Aside from technology being more advanced when it comes to how to cook food while camping to how to stay warm through better sleeping bags and tents, some people just enjoy the sights and smells of a fire while outdoors. However, the negative impacts of campfires in the areas in which they are set, from degrading the landscape itself to an overuse of wood resources in an area to the ultimate danger of causing a larger unintended fire absolutely outweigh the nostalgia and the ambiance.
0: So what's something that used to be very useful that through technology has become obsolete or obsolete adjacent that
1: we're still clinging on to for dear life? I feel like you're You know an answer. Oh, fossil fuels? Well, certainly (laughs) that. Yes, fossil fuels. I mean... (laughs) I was trying to come up with a creative answer. I'm like, the Game Boy system? I don't know. (laughs) The Palm Pilot. The Palm Pilot. Yeah, we're still clutching onto that for dear life. Well, I mean, some people do use, still use their BlackBerry phones, Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh, Lord. mm -hmm. But fossil fuels, certainly. (laughs) Let's bring it back to there. Definitely something that we're still clinging to, even though there are so many other ways to create power that are sustainable. many other ways.
0: The first thing to do when camping is to decide is a fire necessary? You should know if there are any current fire bans in the area you're in. You should also consider the impact of removing dead or downed wood from the natural landscape. And you should absolutely know if you would be able to put that fire out appropriately.
1: Obviously, if you have no other way to cook your food source or you are stranded in a forest because your plane is downed, yellow jacket style, and you're freezing to death, then you probably are going to light a fire. If you are someone who camps
0: on the regular and knows that cooking over a fire is unpredictable and hazardous, then you most likely will have a Joan Jet boil with you.
1: Okay, so we were camping in- um, It was our first time. It was our first time camping. We camped at a campsite near Gettysburg Mm -hmm. National Military Park. Mm Mm-hmm. We were definitely trying to, you know, make fire cooking happen, make fire cooking happen.
0: Well, part of that was because we did have a jet boil with us, but we had the wrong size propane We had the wrong or size. the wrong like nozzle on the propane can for right. the jet boil that we had.
1: Correct. Like we had a jet boil thing to connect to a propane tank and we had bought the wrong propane tanks. Right. Luckily, there was a camp store here. We asked them about it and they were like, oh, well, You'll probably have to go somewhere else to find that. So, we did have to cook over fire that night.
0: Right. And we had brought, like, we had bought a flint system with we us did. that hilariously did not work. Oh, my God. We, we had to, like, rush to be back and forth Scouts. to get matches before the store closed. Mm-hmm. And we did. We
1: got some matches. But
0: it was not, cooking over that fire was not. No, it wasn't easy great or easy. No. Yeah.
1: No. We ended up, because we were not far from anything, we were close to everything at this campsite. We just went to, uh, Um, a Walmart. (laughs) we got we got the right size propane the next next day day. but yeah we did have to cook over a fire which
0: i i like a, a a fire that's not as managed as like a grill fire is very different totally a totally different cooking experience so seriously if you're planning on eating while you're camping most likely you want to do so as fast and as easily as possible especially if you've just been hiking all day a jet boil is convenient and the propane canisters that you can get and hook up to them are inexpensive and easy to bring along with you and your gear. Whether you are car camping or through hiking, just make sure to have enough and that your jet boil will attach to it.
1: So let's say that cooking isn't the issue, but it's a matter of warmth for comfort or for survival. There are still some things to consider when planning to start a fire. The first of which should be, where are you planning to do so? If you're in a campsite, look for an already established fire ring. Don't create your own if there is no need to.
0: If you know you'll be camping where a fire ring most likely will not exist, consider getting a fire pan, a metal pan to house your fire that can be elevated above the ground by using rocks or stone to create a barrier between the fire and the earth. These will not have a direct impact on the landscape as a fire on the ground would.
1: When it comes to gathering wood for a fire, follow the 4D dead down dinky and distant look for wood that has been dead enough for a long time so that it is dry downed wood that is not part of living trees dinky wood which can easily be snapped and smaller than the diameter of an adult wrist and distant at least 200 feet from your fire If you're bringing your own wood, it should be wood that you buy locally, as wood can be carriers of invasive pests. One of the most important things with lighting a fire is knowing how to appropriately put a fire out. If we haven't been paying attention in the last few years, fire damage, specifically in the western United States and other forested parts of the world, has grown at an increasingly alarming rate. While some of these fires can be attributed to global warming, human-made fires have had more than their fair share of blame as well see my earlier comment about gender reveal parties. In fact, in the last 20 years of forest service data, 85% of forest fires start human made fires. Yikes. Yikes. So we had an experience when we were hiking in Glacier National Park where
0: we had gone through a campground to like access a connector trail, essentially. And we had stopped at a campsite that was vacant because you were having some issues with your bladder, not your like inside of your body, but your water bladder. Yeah. Um, And you were like, I want to clean it out. And there were spigots at the campsites. And we're like, oh, let's just see if they're on. And they were. And while you were dealing with
1: that, I was like, oh, this fire is still smoldering. From this campsite which that was completely vacant clearly had stayed in the night before and they had vacated that morning right but yeah the fire was still going yeah so we did the right thing which was to I
0: think I just took my bladder out and then dumped it all over that yeah. space and, and we did it. it in order to properly put out a fire the fire should completely burn to ash like you burn me every day oh okay uh, there it is <laughs> then using water completely drown your fire like you do to me there every it day. is <laughs> Covering your fire in dirt is not enough to ensure a fire is completely out. After drowning the fire, stir the contents of your fire area up so you create a campfire stew. The last thing you want to check for is heat by holding your hand over the stew and areas you have doused. Never leave an
1: area unless you know a fire is out completely. So what have we learned about fires And if we have to utilize them outdoors.
0: It's a lot of like, kind of like prep work, checking in advance and ensuring that you know exactly what you're doing. And you can't be like flippant about starting a fire. It's like something that needs to be managed.
1: I feel like we are, I mean, we have this in our practice and the people that we camp with. Mm -hmm. It's like... I I don't know. I guess I just don't always assume that camping involves a fire. You know what I mean? Like I don't have that assumption when it comes to camping. Mm -hmm. Camping involves camping. Yeah. That doesn't mean there's going to be a fire that we necessarily sit around or whatever. No. And there's like a lot of questions and a lot of like, are other people, did the campsite say it was okay for fires? Right. Is the campsite giving any guidance when it comes to fires Mm -hmm. or not? Is... If the campsite's part of like a greater kind of, you know, thing? Is there like an advisory warning? Like all that kind of stuff. So I guess I never I never go into camping with an assumption that there's we have to make a fire to sit around. You yeah. know what I mean? Like,
0: I think we didn't we really I'm thinking about our big camping trip, our big twenty twenty one summer trip. We didn't really have fire at
1: all. No. No. I mean so, we gathered around one. That someone else had made. In Glacier. In Glacier. Yeah. And then, yeah, not in Yellowstone. No, fire ban. Not in Great Smokies. Nope. No. So, yeah. All this to say, it might be time for Leave No Trace to update its policy surrounding fire from minimizing campfire impact to eliminate campfire impact. Fires themselves, even if created inside an existing fire ring, absolutely scar the landscape and prevent that space from allowing for growth for a multitude of years. Any rocks that might create the ring to house that fire will be permanently blackened or darkened.
0: The landscape the fire is taking place in aside, while it may seem like a small drop in the bucket compared to the fossil fuel industry, wood-burning fires are a contributor to climate change. Wood-burning fires release a lot of chemicals into the atmosphere that pollute the air
1: and water and can contribute to haze in outdoor spaces. Fine particle pollution from wood smoke can also cause a host of health issues, as anyone who knows who has sat around a fire on a windy day. Sometimes you're in the smoke and sometimes you're not. But those fine particles are breathed in through your lungs and can cause inflammation and irritation, even have larger impacts like increased risk of heart attack and stroke, especially with more and more exposure.
0: Campfires may also lead to litter, through burning of paper or cardboard to get a fire started, to trash and cans as fires continue to burn. Along with refuse that may be left behind, the ash remnants of a fire itself is an unattractive site within the natural landscape.
1: And trees, both living and fallen, have been utilized for campfires, altering the natural landscape, even if deadened or downed is used. Dead wood absolutely serves a purpose in the life cycle of a forest and is often home to all manner of creatures. Furthermore, deadened or felled wood helps with water retention in the soil and its removal may also add to erosion.
0: Even living trees are victim to fires, as a lack of fallen trees and branches may have the more careless campers searching for whatever fuel source that is available. Depending on where one might be camping, gathering any sort of wood for a fire could be detrimental to the area in and of the fact that the landscape may not be able to support such practices due to slow growth
1: rates of the trees. All in all, the campfire is a lovely piece of nostalgia and was once a rather necessary part of camping and the outdoor experience. However... As we have seen, the consequences of campfires much outweigh the benefits, and it may be wise to reset your expectations for what your next camping outing might look like.
0: The sources for today's episode are LNT.org and the article, The Case for Killing the Campfire by Wes Seiler on OutsideOnline.com. And now, let's end this episode like we end most of our episodes with some Jeopardy! style trivia. All right, Dusty. This episode is a 12 part trivia game. Oh, goodness. Um, And the
1: title is Dead, Down, Dinky, and Distant. I was really (laughs) hoping you were going to do something with that. Is the answer going to be one of those four words?
0: Mm, Potentially. So each of these questions is categorized there are trivia, and then there is like straight trivia, and then there are um, gay trivia. Then there's games that we play that involve the trivia. So oh there might god. be a one letter change, there might be a before, during and after. So oh, it's this all encompassed
1: involved. Okay, great. I'm ready. Great. Let's right, do it. Ready.
0: For 100. This early 2000s film set in the early 90s is about a military operation in which two of their flying vehicles are attacked by Somalian forces. Maybe this was a bad 100. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> um it includes one of those words in it. Um, what is Black Hawk Down? That's correct. I can't believe I pulled that out of like well, my girl, straight boy past. You got it. <laughs> Your straight boy past. That that doesn't exist. Okay,
0: great for two hundred. These two films, one starring Marshall Mathers and the other starring Tom Hanks, have this five thousand two hundred eighty foot distance
1: in their titles. What is mile?
0: Yeah, but I want both of the film's names.
1: Oh, okay. What is Eight Mile and the Green Mile? That's correct. Great. Great.
0: So you see where we're going here. I do. Okay. Great. 300. This movie starring Robin Williams as a new English teacher at an all boys preparatory school is one that is a classic
1: coming of age story. Preparatory school. Preparatory. That is what you said. (laughs) Um, uh, What is Dead Poets Society? Great. That's correct. Try. Not to be confused with the tortured poet's department. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's different.
0: Uh-huh. I'm trying to jump around here to make it a little bit more um, scintillating for you.
1: Okay. Um I'm scintillated. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> Full scintillation. Uh-huh. here.
0: This nineteen eighties Hanna Barbera cartoon, this is for five hundred, so it's or right? Is it five or four? This is for I 400. Think it's four hundred. This nineteen eighties Hanna Barbera cartoon from Australia features a small puppy who grows to a much larger than expected size, but has a diminutive
1: name. It's not Clifford. No. It's gonna have one of those words in it. Yeah, because it's down, dinky dead and distant and distant is dinky one of the Mm -hmm. words Mm -hmm. oh dinky what is dinky the dog
0: i'll accept what is dinky dog wow Mm -hmm. never
1: heard of that well here you
0: go for 500 these ancient documents found in a cave date to the second temple period and were non-biblical writings helpful in describing the history of first century israel what are the dead sea scrolls correct for 600, this Petula Clark song about a place where the lights are much brighter there. You can forget all your
1: troubles, forget all your cares, and go downtown. Exactly. That's where we're going. We're mm-hmm. going downtown. It was very high. We, you started pretty high. <laughs> Sorry. I had to go there.
0: Uh, for 700, this cake song that starts reluctantly crouched at the starting line, engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up.
1: Nope. I don't know any cake, girl. Sorry about it. What is the distance? Nope. Mm -hmm. Okay. For 800,
0: this cartoon includes two mice trying to take over the world. While both of them could be
1: described as dinky, one of their names actually rhymes with that small word. What is pinky and the brain? That's correct. And they were always my. Mm-hmm. they were the best of the Animaniacs. Well, now we've come to it. So now we're getting into more
0: gamey type things. So okay. you just did all eight trivias. Okay. And now we have four that would be more aligned to one letter changes. Okay. Um, rhyme times, things like that. Okay. Great. Let's do Great. it. A deceased small clay, glass, or plastic bracelet adornment. This is a one letter change. A one letter change. Mm-hmm.
1: And it involves one of those four words. It does.
0: A deceased small clay glass or plastic bracelet Oh, what adornment. is a
1: dead bead? That's correct. I was thinking charm, but I was like, no. Okay, okay, great. Here's a rhyme time for you. Okay.
0: An incredibly small version of a spring-like toy that could walk downstairs. What is a dinky slinky? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Here is an adjective noun, verb noun. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I've added an extra in here. Okay, okay great. Hopeless teeth
1: caretakers guzzle liquids. Um, you said hopeless, mm-hmm. and they all start with D. Mm-hmm. The second one is dentists, mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. Um, drinks, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to think of the first word, hopeless, desperate. Dennis Down Drinks. Correct. Great.
0: (laughs) And your last one is an almost before, during,
1: and after. Yay. All
0: right. A far away, now deceased chef, food traveler, and critic with the phrase that means, if there's nothing wrong with it, just leave it be. This is a toughie, so I saved it for Okay,
1: okay, okay. Almost before, during, and after. Mm -hmm. Okay, one more time.
0: A far away... Part one,
1: now deceased chef,
0: food traveler and critic, part two, with a phrase that means if there's nothing wrong with
1: it, just leave it be. I'm struggling with the food person because I know the first word is distant. And then if it ain't broke, don't fix it, mm-hmm. is the last bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like distant, the, the, the latter half of the word involves the first part of his name. Mm-hmm. And then if has got to be part of mm-hmm. his last name.
0: Or if it, there's no if at the start of it. I'll give you that. It starts with the contraction. The last don't,
1: part. don't. Is it the word don't? Ain't, ain't, ain't. And he's deceased. Mm-hmm. And that works. He's very right. famous. And he's a food traveler, critic, chef. I don't know what is.
0: bourdai Bourdain broke. Don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I was Um, real proud of that That was well done Thank you That was very well done (laughs) Thank you Yeah Mm -hmm. And that's dead down dinky and distant Distant
1: This has been trail mix by gaze at the national parks the podcast and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often and that adventure is always out there gaze at the national parks was created and is hosted by us dustin ballard dustin ballard (laughs) and michael ryan to see images from this episode follow our instagram at gaze at the national parks to contact us, email us at gays at, at gmail.com and to find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website gaysatthenationalparks.com and that's gays, G-A-Z-E. G-A-Z. All original artwork featured on Instagram and on our website is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman and Mariella Klinger with Sean Scleo on guitar. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording This episode that we're on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people,
0: also known as Middlesex County, New Jersey.